Hello, welcome to Super Lady Hero Hour here on Fanversation. I am Yel Teagle. I am joined, as always, by the incredible, the lovely, the lady, KB. Hello. <laughs> hello. Hello, hello. It's so awesome to be back with my splendid and spectacular co-host, Yell. Okay, so um, first up, let's dive into some news, which actually feels weird because honestly, I didn't think we'd be getting like a ton of superhero news like post events. But I feel like now every week something is being dug up or coming up. And maybe that's because people are back on set now. Who knows? But we can start with Black Adam, yes. which I'm excited about. I'm really loving that. Like, I feel like we get like a little bit of news from Black Adam every week, um, yeah. or every like two weeks, and I'm really enjoying this news. It seems very exciting, um, and I'm really excited about this movie. Tell us what's happening. Well, to be fair, I do feel like we got virtually no news at DC Fandom, even though right. I did I did truly like love the layout and kind of their presentation. I thought it was stunning. But the only news we really got was Noah, um, you know, from one of my fave films to all the boys I loved before joining the cast. So now I'm super excited that we get to have more people join. Yeah, yeah. So um, Sarah Shahi um, is joining. She has most recently been on this reboot of The L Word because um, she was also on The L Word, the original. And then um, there's this new version that's out right now um, that she is back on. But yes, um, you know, I'm super excited to kind of see what's going on here. I mean, obviously we had some other news um, in the previous, it's previous, in the previous week that Aldous Hodge was joining as Hawkman. Um, and then Noah, as I mentioned, is playing uh, Adam uh, Smasher. So, you know, Sarah's gonna join and she's going to be a professor and a freedom fighter. Um, and I can't wait to see kind of how this all plays out because I mean, essentially we really know nothing about the script. So yeah, this, uh, we keep getting this, like, you know, this person's joining and this person's joining and like, great. Like we love Aldous. I, I love Aldous Hodge. I know a lot of people do too. Um, Sarah Shahi, I am such a big fan of hers. I, I was lucky enough to interview her and do a panel for her, um, about person of interest actually at Clexicon year one. Um, I loved her on the rookie, uh, recently she did a, a little arc there. I loved her her very short-lived show. Um, oh, I don't even remember what it's called now, but it was an NBC show about like a virtual reality. She was- Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name either. It was like but yes, X it was something. one season. Yeah. One season, yeah. Um, and she was fantastic in it. It was uh, one, of, one of my big complaints about when they do diverse casts is it's a diverse cast led by a white person. And this show was a diverse cast led by a woman of color. And I really appreciated them finally doing that. So um, that show was really fun. And I'm excited for her to join Black Adam, which so far looking like a diverse cast. I'm, uh -huh. I'm super stoked. I mean, yeah. And so you don't have this like kind of hang up about it. It's a diverse cast led by a man of color. So yep. yay. Yes. <laughs> we have more. So um, yes, yes, I'm super excited. Um, but again, since we don't know anything about the script, my excitement is solely based off her as an actress. <laughs> because right. Clearly, I'm like, I have no idea what this is going to mean for the film. <laughs> yeah, cast sounds great. We're in. Tell us yeah. what the plot is. <laughs> 
please tell us soon because we're curious. And I think if they have not already started filming, they're like right on the cusp. So yes, hopefully we'll be getting some, some script news soon. Um, now that brings us to these wild and crazy, but actually not so crazy and might actually happen, Spider-Man 3 rumors. So this week, I mean, they dropped that there's potential that both Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield will join the next Spider-Man 3 movie, which we already know. Um, well, we've already assumed that Marvel is going to tackle the multiverse, uh, you know, with Jamie Foxx's, you know, announcement that he would be joining Spider-Man 3 as his previous character, Electro, as well. Um, this makes sense. So, like, honestly, this news, if it's true, makes the most sense to me because then we're going to finally kind of get a live action version of uh, Multiverse Spider-Man, which I would love. I actually thought well, I was hoping we would do it with Miles Morales as our Spider-Man, um, but that's clearly not the case here. But I do still, I've said it before, I actually liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I know y'all doesn't agree with me, but I liked him as Spider-Man. I liked Toby as Spider-Man. Again, I feel like they did what they needed to do for those particular films in those particular time periods. Um, Tom Holland is still my favorite live action Spider-Man, but I don't discredit the ones that come before him. And so I'm just, I don't know, like I would actually be stoked to see this if they can pull off the multiverse in a way that A, makes sense because gosh, people have time, um, a hard time navigating time travel and, uh, mul and the multiverse. So hopefully if they can pull it off, I'm all in. What about you? Um, I, I do like these rumors. Um, I just want to clarify that so far these are rumor um, and not confirmed in any way, shape or form. But based on us hearing about Jamie Foxx returning, this makes sense. I'm like, if, yeah, if Jamie Foxx returning and then someone goes, yep, they have confirmed Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, I'll go, right, obviously, <laughs> that makes sense to me. Um, it does make sense, especially because Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, um, you know, seems like we're going to tie this all together. I will say, to your point about time travel, they established rules in Endgame to, try, to time travel. And therefore, if we are going to do this, they need to follow those rules. This is the MCU. They've made, they have literally said, this is our universe and this is how it works. Therefore, this movie needs to follow the rules that have been established. That's how I feel about, I love time travel. It is one of my favorite genres. I watched almost every time travel show on TV. And when they set their rules, I accept them, but you have to follow the rules that you yourself have set. I, or, or pull a looper, which did it perfectly because Bruce Willis says to younger self, I don't want to talk about time travel. And that's how they did it. They went, we're not establishing rules. I mean, first off, I love that you said Looper, an underrated gem in my opinion. But also, I agree that people should adhere to the rules of time travel that they create. Do I think that they are going to? Probably not. And I say that as someone who is jaded by The Flash, because I feel like they set tons of rules and then Barry just does whatever he wants. <laughs> So I do feel like, I do feel like, yes, I understand what you're saying, but I would just caution to maybe curb your um, no. expectation a bit because I definitely, 
I definitely think that at some point in time, something outside of the bounds of those particular rules that, uh, rules that they set up in Endgame uh, probably will happen. Most likely will happen. Will definitely, most likely probably happen. Why set up <laughs> rules? Why establish rules if you're just going to ignore them? That's, well, I think, that's my I think issue. Part of it though, I think a part of it is that time travel is one of those concepts that people think they know, but they really have no idea. Do you know what I mean? Like sure. you're learning certain facets of it. And so you think that these are the rules established. And I feel like maybe for what they learned at that time in Endgame, right? But anything is possible. Things can change. You know, certain things may happen along the way. And I kind of feel like that may throw a wrench in those rules, but not necessarily because they're doing it on purpose, but it's likely because they honestly don't know, right? Like they just don't know all of the bounds or all of the rules of time travel. They just found one portion of it. So I think we should kind of keep an open mind because it's definitely probably going to happen. And also I feel like We'll probably tackle a bit of the multiverse and time travel, hopefully, um, in WandaVision. Like, I think maybe that's where we're going to start. And mm -hmm. then kind of those themes from there will tie in. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, again, uh, like I said, these are rumors. However, I would not be mad if they were true. And if right. they come true. Yeah, they seem very plausible. Um, again, because they announced Jamie Foxx, I went, yeah, obviously you're going to do that. Um, but let's talk about the multiverse. Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. Um, we have casting scoop there. Uh, this girl from, I feel bad for her, this girl from the Babysitter's Club. She was fantastic in it. Um, I'm not going to attempt this name. Would you like to? <laughs> I mean, you could just say that young Miss Gomez. So yes, young Miss Gomez, Gomez is. I just don't. I'm not gonna butcher from the Babysitters Club. She was incredible in it. Um, is joining uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, um, and I don't believe we know anything about her character yet. No, and I have, um, and just to just to say, like I also have a challenging name, so I understand. So I actually like to just prefer to ask people. But since we couldn't ask her um, prior to this show, I'm just gonna call her Miss Gomez. But I do think that. Um, she was one of the standout characters in the Babysitter's Club, which I actually I actually adored. Like I read all of the books and I ended up loving it. And um, I felt like her character came in a little bit too late. Um, like I would have loved to see more of her, but hopefully they get a season two. But I hope that season two doesn't conflict with, you know, um, scheduling because this film has been pushed back um, for this particular film. But um, so far, it seems like, you know, they're keeping everything under wraps in terms of what she'll be doing, who her character will be. Uh, but they're setting this film up. I mean, they're putting a lot of, I actually didn't really like the first Doctor Strange film. And I like Benedict as Doctor Strange. Like I've liked his appearances in the other films and seeing him that way. But the first film, I actually really, I mean, it took me like five or six times to actually get through it. For some strange reason, it just wasn't really my jam. Um, and, but they're really setting up, I really feel like they're really teeing up the second one to just be completely different in terms of tone and style. Um, the fact that it's a horror film at first, I was like, oh, everyone wants me to watch horror, it feels like, and I just don't want to, but I'm still going to, of course. Um, so I'm just curious to see with everything that happens and, and the fallout and the repercussions of WandaVision, how that impacts, and even Spider-Man 3, because that's going to come out before um, Doctor Strange as well, 
um, which he's also set to make an appearance in Spider-Man 3. So I'm just curious to see how everything kind of plays out because I do think, and I've said this before, one of my favorite things about the MCU is um, how Kevin Feige has truly kind of calculated things and calculated them well in a sense. And so everything really does layer um, pretty well together. I've also said this before with the exception of this Black Widow film, but everything else has kind of tied seamlessly and perfectly into the timeline. So um, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what she can do and where it's gonna go. I agree. I think she was one of uh, one of my favorites from the Babysitters Club. I was a huge fan of the book series growing up. I loved the movie that came out years ago, um, and this show is actually phenomenal. I was uh, I I wasn't not expecting it to be great. I just I know I'm not the demographic. I'm not the audience, and as I watch it, I feel I'm not the audience. But it's still great it's so good and i wish i had nieces uh to show this to my nephews are in another country like i wish i had someone to share this with um that is the audience and i will just continue to tell adults (laughs) to check it out because it's really great well you know what's funny i actually had this conversation with my friends about who the audience is actually for this and we decided that it actually is us because a lot of the younger kids haven't read the books, they don't really know anything about it. I think a part of the audience really is the nostalgia for us, the people who like grew up with the books and who were really excited about it, who saw the first film and wanted to kind of um, see what they could do in this next generation. And I think to your point, you're right, like us introducing it to a younger generation. And so I think too, it's a lot of our generation introducing it to their kids um, specifically and kind of just sharing that with them um, but I, I don't feel like that's true. I definitely feel like it's still for us in a lot of ways, you know, because I also feel like the problems that they have, uh, the adults in the show have, I'm like, oh, this is so much more relatable now. But also, I still remember being a kid and managing this, too. It's like, ah, oh, duality. So I feel like, you know what? It's for us. But there's like such great messages in it that I that is done in a kid friendly way and like mm-hmm. lessons and and um it, I feel like it should be required watching for um, like sixth and seventh graders. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, middle school because it's such a tough time and such a tough transition for kids for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. 100% agree. Um, all right, so final news. Static Shock, which we found out at DC Fandom, um, you know, is coming back with a live action film, which we're really excited about. We know nothing, literally nothing, no cast has been announced. I don't even think they've held like casting auditions. Um, no title. What branch of the comics we're doing? Like we literally know nothing except yes, it's greenlit, and that Michael B. Jordan and his production company Outlier Society is going to produce. So um, you know, this is not Michael B. Jordan's first foray into um, the superhero genre. Uh, you know, he has the the Netflix show that I. Uh, did not watch. Um, I think it had mixed reviews, not think I actually know it had mixed reviews. Um, Some people did not like it. Um, I have yet to watch it. So it actually is on my list to watch and form my own opinion because I am just that way. But um, I haven't seen it yet, but this is not his first foray into kind of producing a superhero film. Um, And he actually starred in that in that particular show. Um, But yes, I'm so excited um, to know more about Static Shock eventually when they give it to us. Right, yeah, I'm waiting for uh, like information 
Um, I'm waiting for like casting storyline. I is a script written. Like all I know is they went, we're gonna do this, um, and now we know that Michael B. Jordan's part of it. Going, I'm making this happen. So right. we know it it's will happening. happen. Yeah, it's we just happening. don't. Know. We just don't know what it is. Oh no. <laughs> yes. Well, um, we hope it's happening because also what I'm finding or what we're all finding is that all of our faves are getting renewed and then they're getting canceled. So right. I'm kind of like, I hope it still happens because um, these timelines aren't really working out. <laughs> but um, since we do not think that there is a script yet, uh, maybe that works in our favor. Like, I don't know. Um, until then, we'll just watch Raising Dion, uh, you know, Michael B. Jordan's Netflix show. Until then, um, yeah, <laughs> our only option. All right. Um, today, we're discussing our favorite superhero films. I will say uh, one caveat. I think these are our favorite superhero movies of all time right now. Um, I'm just saying that because I know that like my favorite changes daily when I like think of something and I'm like, oh yeah, that was so good. Or it's on TV and I'm rewatching it. I'm like, man, I haven't seen this in forever. So these are our favorites of all time today. <laughs> okay. So my favorites don't actually change daily, oh. but with new content, sure. I kind of shift, you know, kind of the paradigm of I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought this is it. <laughs> like, I thought this was it. I thought this was my number one. Um, but yes, to Yale's point, this is how we feel currently. Yes. So I will kick it off um, and say my top three in this order, wild that they all happen to be MCU films. Um, but first one is definitely going to be Black Panther. Um, it's visually stunning. Obviously, I relate to the story for my own personal reasons. Um, it, the music is fantastic. It's actually one of uh, the best soundtracks I've ever heard, period. Like, just not even the fact that it's in a film. I mean, I think just in general, the collection of artists that they created. Um, so much so that, like, my mom actually does not listen to soundtracks. And she watched this movie and was like, where can I get this soundtrack? Because I love every part of it. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, but the costuming, shout out to Ruth E. Carter, like, Everything in it is just gorgeous. It's very well done. Um, and the storyline is just, you know, so much deeper than a traditional superhero story. So I am going to go with that as my number one. Uh, number two, Iron Man, the original Iron Man. There's something that I will never forget about screening it. I screened the original Iron Man. I think it was probably two to three weeks before it actually released. And I went with some of my friends who are huge Marvel fans and it was just the best experience. And I just remember that film had everything. It was the perfect formula. So shout out to Kevin Feige because I felt like it had everything that I wanted to see in a superhero movie. Like it had heart, it was funny. Um, you know, I was sad at times, you know, you found yourself rooting for, for uh, him and I don't know, it was just really good, feel good and I'll never forget how it made me feel. And my third one is definitely going to surprise myself, it definitely surprised me, but Thor Ragnarok. So Thor, had you asked me before Ragnarok came out, was my least favorite of the franchise. <laughs> um, those first two films were not good, I don't care what you say. Um, Chris Hemsworth <laughs> is attractive, yes. Natalie Portman is fantastic, yes. 
Both were grossly underutilized, I felt like, in the first two. Um, the story was really choppy. Um, I still enjoy kind of the familial aspects. Um, Idris Elba, shout out, always a fave. But still, it just like the films collectively, those first two as a whole, I was like, what's happening here? Honestly, like we have the God of Thunder. Let's make him the God of Thunder. Like, I mean, you know, like let's truly utilize that. Um, and then comes Thor Ragnarok, which honestly, I remember watching it like, wait a minute. Do I like a Thor movie? Like I said that to myself and then to my friends in chat, like, I think that I like this movie. I like it a lot. And then I watched it a lot more and I was like, oh, I still like it. So shout out to Taika Waititi uh, for just being uh, the visionary behind Thor Ragnarok and really kind of elevating Thor to the place where he should have been in the beginning. I mean, I feel like without Thor Ragnarok, they would have never considered, you know, um, this fourth film. I don't think that it would have been a conversation. I think that they honestly were probably done with Thor in terms of that. So, um, but yeah, I love it. I love everything about it. It's hilarious too, which I just was like, I laughed the entire time and I surprised myself at Chris Hemsworth's comedic, uh, his comedic timing in this film, so. But I do wanna give honorable mention to The Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton. I love that movie. The writing in that movie is fantastic. Like, everyone is like, oh my gosh, they crap on it because everything went awry with Ed Norton as, um, you know, Bruce Banner after that. But honestly, that film, the writing in that film is uh, some of the best for like a darker-ish type uh, superhero film. And I don't know, I really enjoy it. So I'm gonna shout out that um, Shazam, which I feel like probably took a little bit of the Thor Ragnarok kind of formula and they just weren't taking themselves too seriously. Um, but also, I mean, it is about a superhero who is a child, but becomes an adult when you know he's using his powers. And so the whole concept is bonkers, but I still think that they pulled it off um, in a tremendous way. And of course, into the Spider-Verse. Like, I mean, it's one of the best animated films of all time. It's one of the best films, forget animated. Um, I just think it has such great heart and it's so wonderful to see Miles Morales centered. And it's also really wonderful to see an Afro Latinx family um, at the forefront and they just have so much love in their family, but they still have a lot of issues. And obviously there are some communication faux pas that occur. Um, and then there are some super villains that pop up within the family and um, still some heroes. So I definitely love that one. And then shout out to like a lot of the night, the nineties Batman films. I mean, it's the nostalgia. They're right. just, they're, it's not that they're great, but it's not that they're terrible. And um, they get the job done. And, you know, Uma Thurman is Poison Ivy is, you know, peak 90s for me. I love it. Uh, Chris O'Donnell as Robin. I liked him as Robin. Like, I, I'm like, okay. You know, we had Alicia Silverstone. We had George Clooney. I mean, the 90s were not a bad time for Batman franchise. We had Michael Keaton's Batman, mm -hmm. which I also liked because we got Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. I mean, like there's so many elements, so I'm not mad at it. And then one that I did forget to write, Man of Steel. Oh. oh. I like Man of Steel a lot. And I am a huge Kevin Costner fan, always will be. I mean, when I met him, I literally ascended, like my soul left my body. 
But I will say, I just think Man of Steel is really good and Henry Cavill really pulls it off. And it's just, it's it's one of my favorite DCEU films. Um, yeah, Man of Steel for sure. Okay. Um, so my top three are not in order and they are, they are today's favorites. Um, I will say Black Panther for sure, right? Like not only an incredible cast, um, a really great story, a character I was not familiar with. Um, I tend to be biased towards cat things. So like really into cats. I'm really into a guy dressed as a cat, but like um, story-wise, it was such such a relevant story. Um, like sadly still relevant. Um, and you know, I I love one of the things I love about sci-fi is the fact that you tell you tell uh, social issue stories through sci-fi. And, and that helps people understand it better. And that's what I think was so amazing is that this story was not, it wasn't subtle. They weren't like trying to hide from you the social issues. They were going, here's the issue and here's what's happening. Um, and it was really well done um, and well-crafted. And the cast was incredible, not just like talented, but great looking. And also like the women characters were amazing right like the smartest person there is a woman the badass person there is a woman the you know the the leader is a woman yeah he's the king but he's got a mom you know what i mean she, <laughs> yeah he's the king but he's got a mom <laughs> i'd like I'm just that. saying he's the one running things anyway um so i really loved uh also like it was beautiful visually beautiful the the um the Afrofuturistic style that they were creating was incredible, like stunning. Oh, I love quality sci-fi. Um, so I also have Captain Marvel on my list um, because it had the 90s nostalgia fun in it. Um, it also, and this is what was really like amazing for me is that we have this story of this woman becoming a superhero, kicking ass, and they're is not a love story because it didn't need to have one. Whereas a lot of these movies throw in a love story. And I feel like that's what Thor did so poorly in the first two movies is they threw in this love story that did not matter to the plot. Um, and in Ragnarok, she's not there and it doesn't you know, interfere with what we're trying to do. So I think that Captain Marvel really um, captured that beautifully. Also, again, very biased. There was a cat. There was literally a cat. You cannot beat that. I'm sorry. Um, and my third favorite right now, there's always going to be an X-Men movie on my list, on my top list, because they are my favorite superheroes and I love them more than anything. And I would expect I nothing less than you. Thank you. And I chose the one that I think is the unanimously liked of all of them. There's what, seven of them? This is the one that people liked, everyone liked. Um, it bums me out that it's the new generation in the past, like the new, the new version, the reboot in the past. Anyway, X-Men First Class, great movie. 
um, gives you X-Men, gives you a little more history, um, it gives you characters you might not be familiar with, gives explanation as to who Charles um, and Eric are. And I really, I really love the way it was done and the way it was, you know, a, a reboot for the series in a nice way. And it led us to Days of Future Past, which had the crossover of the original and the, the reboot. And I will say, I almost put Days of Future Past, but like, one, I know how much people hated it. And two, I really hate that um, the way that they chose to do it didn't use uh, uh, Bishop. And it was just a waste because he's so important to the story. Um, yes. Anyway, uh, my honorable mentions are Wonder Woman um, because I'm going to be honest, it was the only DC EU movie I liked. Um, the only one? Mm -hmm. Like from all time, even the old Batman? No, no, no. From current DC. Okay. Okay. I was like, oh my gosh. No, no. Modern Universe. Wonder Woman's the only one that I liked. Um, you didn't like Shazam? Is Shazam considered in that universe? It is. Oh, I love Shazam. Um, okay. All right. I love Shazam. That was fun. Um, I also am giving um, honorable mention to Ragnarok um, because it is so fun. It's so good. Uh, also, the soundtrack of Ragnarok is incredible. And if you want to talk about soundtracks, I really love the Suicide Squad uh, soundtrack. Yes, I have that one on my, downloaded on my phone. Yes, it is actually a good one, too. Yeah. Um, and uh, Into the Spider-Verse is just amazing and incredible and should be on my top, but I had to put an X-Men one. So <laughs> You're like, I have to put an X-Men when I can, wherever I can. Yes. I feel, I feel you though on Wonder Woman. Shout out to that because that would have been on my honorable mention. Actually would have been in my top three had I not just remembered how much I love Thor Ragnarok. But honestly, at this point, I think I watch Wonder Woman and Thor the same amount. Like I watch mm -hmm. them all the time. I mean, yeah. like I'm consistently seeing it. And my favorite Chris is in Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that just elevates things in general because he's such a decent, kind, attractive human being. So, your, you know, they're talented. Your Iron Man is what threw me off. And your Really? You don't like... Hulk. You don't like the first Iron Man? It was fine. I wouldn't put it on a top anything. It was fine. Um, before we move on to the movies that we are looking forward to in 2021. Uh, I want to give us a shout out to AJ, um, who is at BTRWKRT on Twitter, um, who gave us their top three. Um, one, The Winter Soldier, two, Black Panther, and three, Dark Knight, um, with honorable oh, mentions. Yeah. Honorable mentions for Wonder Woman, Ant-Man, amazing, Ragnarok, and Endgame. Okay. I mean, I actually agree with the Dark Knight still. I mean, the problem is that having a top three favorite superhero list and Batman have like 97 films, right. it's like really hard because it's like those performances, again, I know a lot of people didn't like Christian Bale as Batman, but I did. I feel like Batman Begins is actually a really good origin film. And then the Dark Knight, obviously the performances there are wild. Um, but it's just, yeah, I mean, there's so much in Ant-Man. He mentioned Ant-Man, which is also a great time. And Paul Rudd 
1000% was born to play Ant-Man. Mm -hmm. um, honorable mention goes to Deadpool, which is oh, ridiculous. Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds clearly was born to play that role as well. There's also Logan. I mean, you know, so Hugh Jackman, that's clearly the best. I mean, like there's so many, honestly. I'm so adding many. Deadpool and Logan to my top three as well. <laughs> <laughs> Your top three has now become the top five, which I'm not mad at because <laughs> listen, there's a lot of content and they're so good. Yeah. So, so good. Again, this is how I feel today. Ask me tomorrow. Um, I was literally wearing a Deadpool shirt earlier today. Um, I'm. Oh, you should have kept it on. No, no, that's fine. I'm such a big, I love the Deadpools. I think I have one, two, and Once Upon a Deadpool on my Amazon wish list. Like, I love them so much. Um, let's talk about what we're looking forward to in 2021 before we wrap up. Um, I will say this, who knows what's coming out in 2021? Who knows? I don't, I don't know that a single superhero movie is actually going to come out. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm looking forward to. There's so many movies I want to see whenever they come out. <laughs> Well, I'm just basing this off of the list that we currently have, which legitimately was like updated as of last week because oh. they have pushed a lot of things to 2022. Like we heard last week, or maybe it was the week before, time has no meaning anymore, but that Batman is now pushed to 2022. So like, I mean, again, things are being pushed left and right, but the top three that I currently have that are currently slated for 2021 um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, mm -hmm. Eternals, and Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3, mostly because I have no idea what's going to happen, and this cast is stacked. And I also feel like I just watched a Spider-Man movie. I did. Um, I was entertained. I liked it a lot. Um, again, Tom Holland's my favorite Spider-Man. Let's add him back in there. Um, and then Shang-Chi and Eternals, obviously, because we are finally getting kind of some new blood in the MCU on the on the film front. And so it's gonna be great to kind of have one Asian representation on screen. Um, two with the Eternals having tons and tons and tons of representation on screen because this film is completely stacked um, in terms of all all sorts of diversity. I mean I, I truly think that like this film is gonna be extraordinary. Um, and then Angelina Jolie um, obviously is back. Um, you know, I love Brian Tyree Henry. Uh, I'm like, listen, you're in both, you're in both, um, cinematic universes. <laughs> so yes, yay for you. We love to see it. Um, and then Richard Madden. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to see those. And those three are still currently slated to come out. The Eternals is actually done. So I do right. believe it's going to come out because, it is finished. Well, it's in post, I think, right now. But I'm like, hey, at least everything's filmed, which means we probably might get it. So I'll just say, um, whatever happened to Black Widow, um, I, I want to see it, especially because it's supposed to set up the next Black Widow. And I would like to meet her so we can start that process. Um, that said, I, I'm so excited for the movies that you listed. I'm also looking forward to the next um, Spider-Verse movie, whenever that may be in 2024. Um, once the earth has been scorched, it will be available. 
You have like pushed this back significantly. <laughs> You're like 2024. I'm, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'd looking like at then, that. I feel like by then we should be on the fourth Spider-Verse. I mean, or at least the third one by 2024. Look, I have said it before and I'll say it again. The um, X-Men are going to be reintroduced into the MCU with Captain Marvel 3. In Captain Marvel 3, Rogue will take her powers and then we can start the X-Men correctly. That is what I imagine. And they're currently, I believe, working on a Captain Marvel 2. So we will get there. Also, there's a Ms. Marvel coming out, um, I believe, on Disney Plus that we talked about last time. I'm There's so much good stuff coming. I just hope, A, we're alive to see it, and B, that it gets here. Those are my hopes. I actually don't think it's going to take until Captain Marvel 3 to introduce the X-Men. I think that we may introduce them sooner than that. I just hope that it starts with Rogue in Captain Marvel taking her powers. Or maybe that's the end, right? Like Captain Marvel 2 happens, the whole story, whatever. The uh, post credit scene is Rogue taking her powers. Captain Marvel 3 is going to be her dealing with not having powers. And that's how we lead off to start the X-Men. Mm, okay, okay. Well, putting well, it into well. the universe. I know you're like, listen, I am available to also help write that script. If anyone, <laughs> you know, I'm like, hire Yell. Definitely don't hire me because my theory would be way different. But um, <laughs> definitely, definitely hire Yell. She is available to work on Captain Marvel. Yes. No, I've given my idea. I don't want to work on it. I just want to okay, see it. Okay. You just Everyone wanna... knows. I just like to consume media. Okay. You I don't just want to give it, it away. It. Yep. Got it. Maybe you could just be a consulting producer. I mean, maybe, maybe that's the, maybe that's the way, you <laughs> know, like, so, wow, that was so fun. I love talking about all of my favorite superhero things. So yell, tell us what else you have going on this week. Go ahead and plug all of your stuff. Yes. Um, this week you can hear me on, uh, missing out a podcast, uh, by Tari J. Miller and Lex Michael, uh, a, we talked about ASMR. If you don't know what that is, definitely check it out. If you um, are anti-ASMR, definitely check it out because you'll hear all about it and learn a little bit more and maybe it'll change your mind. I'm also on Streaming Wars over on that hashtag show. We did our Halloween special and told you all of the things to watch on all the different platforms. So if you have Disney+, Plus, we got you. If you have Netflix, we got you. Does You don't have to have all of them. We tell you what's on What's worth it? Um, I'm also on Twitch on Mondays and Wednesdays, uh, really poorly playing video games. So come watch and laugh at me. It's really fun. KB, where can everyone keep up with you? Yeah, so tonight I am on the very last Lovecraft Country after show on Pairway to YouTube. Very last one. Um, the season finale is tonight. I have already seen it, but it will be coming on here shortly. And what a wild ride. So we are going to be doing a deep dive into all things Lovecraft Country final episode and also probably just our general thoughts um, about season one as a whole um, and maybe the potential of season two. Who knows? So, yes, join us tonight at 1030 p.m. Eastern uh, on Pairweight's YouTube channel. So find me there. You can find me at Through the Lens of Lady KB. I post interviews and I post film reviews and soon I'll be doing some TV talk over there as well. And yeah, follow me on Twitter. The Lady KB. You can awesome. see it right here. T-H-E-L-A-D-Y-K-A-Y-B. I still do it. Every single show I still spell it um, just in case. But yes, 
please um, subscribe, follow us on social media, subscribe to Fanversation for more Super Lady Hero Hour content. Um, and yeah, that's it. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.